black them dark and dusty drapes Let in some light Help bellboy come and get my trunk Cause I'm leaving here Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a new episode of Meryl Streep and the Movies with Zachary Scott Johnson and Meryl McNally. I'm Zachary Scott Johnson. Not too much to get to. We're just excited to be back. Uh, I just wanted to mention before we roll the episode here a couple of things. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, especially on iTunes. That really, really does help. Um, It really is a helpful thing. Uh, You can email any questions, concerns, any thoughts that you have to MerylStreetPodcast at gmail.com. We do both read those. I I get the messages first, but I forward them on to Meryl and... um, we both love reading them. Thank you to everybody who's written in so far. I haven't had the opportunity to personally respond to everything, but um, I, I certainly try to. So thank you. If you've sent us something, I promise you we've read it and appreciate it. Um, I did want to mention, so when Meryl and I, I'm recording this little intro here after we recorded the episode, I had a slight technical malfunction um, on my end with the recorder. So there is a, a kind of abrupt transition in this episode i basically the the recorder had run out of space and i didn't notice so we kept talking for a little while so there are a couple more minutes um on one topic or another that we kept talking about that actually did not get recorded which is probably okay but um there's kind of an awkward and abrupt cut both that you'll actually be able to hear the cut but also kind of topic veers kind of takes a surprise left turn kind of out of nowhere that's what happened it was a technical malfunction so uh you know i'll keep my eye on that in the future it's amateur podcasts here doing our very best so we hope you'll understand um i think that's pretty much all i have to say today before rolling the episode we do a double uh feature here with mama mia and mama mia here we go again we had originally intended this episode to be closer to the the theatrical release of mama mia here we go again but uh, time wise it didn't work out meryl is doing a grad program in new york right now so her time is somewhat limited so our episodes will continue to be sporadic but we'll we'll get them to you as we can and we appreciate your support and your understanding of of that all right i think we're ready to start the show hey everybody welcome back to a new episode of meryl streep and the movies with zachary scott johnson and meryl mcnally Holy cow, it has been a while, Meryl McNally, but we're back. I know. Hi, everybody. Do you feel like every time we disappear for a while, the audience kind of wonders if we're ever going to come back? I'm sure they do. I remember reading um, so many people who listen to us leave, leave comments, which is wonderful. And one of them was, I wish, I wish the episodes weren't quite so sporadic. I wish there were more. Mm. Uh, and what 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 have we gone? How many months? I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, it feels I like since maybe, midsummer. I think it may be something like six. Yeah, it was definitely the summer. Yeah. Maybe yeah. less than that. But well, not much. Well, we're sorry folks. We are doing our best, but you know. Um We well, had such a good excuse. Yeah. Right? Let let's let's chat about what I mean, are you comfortable saying like what you're doing right yeah. now? Let's talk about it. Yeah, so and I think I think I mentioned it on our last episode. I think so too. Since since we talked last, I have I shut down my law practice in New Mexico and I wrapped up and passed on the reins of the theater company to um, other members of the board of directors and I moved myself to New York City 
to start um, graduate school at Columbia for theater management and producing. So I am now in New York doing the theater stuff. It, that is amazing. I we've been talking yes. we've been talking for a little while, so I already know these things. But I'm sure people want to know how are you liking it? Oh my gosh, that's amazing. The fa- the faculty are working professionals in the industry and um, ranging from you know advertising and budgeting and accounting to producers and. Um, um, the executive director of Theater Development Fund. It's just it's a cool program, and I get to see shows weekly, pretty much. That's amazing. I was going to ask you about that if you you know if that was part of yeah. the stuff you had to do and get to do, of course. Yes. You know what's so crazy is that I think I think if you don't live in New York, which I didn't, when you go to a city that has you know, professional theater, you know, you make a very deliberate plan to go see something. So when I traveled to New York, I obviously made a deliberate plan to go see certain shows. Sure. Or like when I go to Dallas or Denver or Phoenix. And um, it's very interesting to live in New York and decide on a whim that you're going to go see something that day. Yeah. That it's not something you plan out weeks or months in advance. You just... It's just whatever suits your fancy. You just go get in the theater development fund booth line and get a discount ticket or day ticket or, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. So, so cool. what have you seen lately that you've liked? Uh, well, I last night I went to see King Kong. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, anybody in the New York area, it is worth going to see. I... The last time, the last time I remember being in that kind of awe in uh, in like an entertainment setting was in the movie theater watching Jurassic Park. Oh wow! Wow! It was that astounding. Where the entire audience, the fifty hundred people, audibly gasped. Wow. when the gorilla reveals itself. I mean, they, it was, it's a technological feat. It's unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, it's very different from any, you know, they're calling it a musical, and it does have, obviously, song and dance in it, but it feels more, it almost feels like a theme park um, show. It feels very different from a musical. Wow. Very much about the spectacle. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. That's one that, like, if I were in New York right now, I probably, like, had it not been for what you just said, I probably would have skipped yeah. it. Like, that's not really my cup of tea. Gener- I mean, you know, King Kong is yeah. not something that would get me there. But after yeah. what you just said, I would go in a heartbeat. Yeah, like, I should say that I am not a fan of the King Kong story. I have not liked any of the films. I have seen them. Um, meh. I just don't care for the story. I also, even though the animal is clearly fictitious, I, I have a serious thing with animals being harmed. And like any story where where an animal is harmed kills me, I think I've talked about on the show too. So yeah, um, I have too. Another reason why the King Kong story is not my thing. And you know, when the monkey is not on stage, um, it does it does drag a little. Okay. Um, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like anyone should go see it just to see 
It's just astounding. It's part, the, the puppet weighs about 2,000 pounds and it's operated, I want to say, by like 14 puppeteers. Wow. And then it's also animatronic. So it has like full facial expressions. So it looks sad. It looks angry. It is crazy. Wow. That's kind of awesome that it's kind of about King Kong. Yeah. It is. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Christiana Ani Pitts, um, she stars in it. And they sort of revamp the Andero character to where she is not a damsel in distress. She's, she's you know, a, a real woman with some power. And um, she was actually in A Bronx Tale. Oh, sure. And she really holds her own against a giant puppet, which is impressive. I don't think anyone could do that. Yeah. So, yeah, I highly recommend it. And then I've seen, um, the night before, I went to see a show called The Prom, which was just really sweet, fun, um, you know, fluffy Broadway musical. Uh-huh. really enjoyed that. And um, we got to see... We got to see the Waverly Gallery with oh, nice. like Kenneth Lonergan. Yeah. yeah. With um, Elaine May and Joe Nowen and Lucas Hedges, Michael Farah. That was that was amazing. How is it was really good. How is Joan Allen on stage? I'd love to see her on stage. Oh, she is a beast. Just a total juggernaut. I was blown away by her. Nice. Well, I'd love to see Elaine May, too. That's a pretty big deal that she's back, you know? She was wonderful. And it really was so strong. Um, it's all my span of a fact with Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, sure. And Cherry Jones, uh, too, right? No, no, no. Yeah. Is she? Yeah. Oh, she is in that. Okay. Yeah, Bobby Cannavale and Cherry Jones. It's just the three of them. That was really well done. Um, I'm trying to see what else. I haven't seen as many as I would like to. I think my classmates see quite a few more. Um, but I'm hoping to pick up the numbers here pretty quickly. And then I saw the band visit, which was just the loveliest. Okay, you did see that. That was playing this when I was there a couple months ago, and I, I didn't yeah. see it. I thought about seeing it, but I, I chose something else instead. Um, but it's been it's been doing very well. Oh, yeah, it's really... It's different and it's lovely. It's a really good show. Cool. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen anything. I really haven't seen anything bad. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's a good season. That's it's good. A good season. You, yeah. um, I, so you haven't seen Glenn Close in her Off Broadway show. I haven't. Mother of the Maid. Mother I of the Maid. Yeah. I really like to. Um, there's also Girl from the North Country, the Bob Dylan musical. Right. It's public here right now, and I think they're talking about a Broadway transfer. Nice. Um, and I'm, ho- I'm hoping to go see that, Mother of the Maid, and I'm really hoping, I don't know if I can get in, there's an amazing production of Oklahoma at St. Anne's Warehouse right now that's uh, supposed to be really phenomenal. Wow. Well, Mother of the yeah. Maid just got extended until like two days before Christmas, so you've got a little bit of time, a month and oh, a half good. or so on that one. And another, I know we talked about it, because I think I had just been there um, the last time we, we talked. Um, I'll put in another plug for the play that goes wrong. See that one before it shuts down, because yes. that one is... Yeah, it closes January, I think January 26th. Yeah. January 6th? Something, yeah, it's yeah. January sometime. Yeah. It's 
incredible. I mean, you will laugh harder. If you're anything like me, you will laugh harder than <laughs> anything you've seen in a long time. It's just, I will, I will go see it. I could use a good laugh. Yeah. Yeah. It's great for, you know, just pure fun. You will not, nice. there's no sentiment in it whatsoever. It's just two hours of you will laugh harder than you've laughed in a long, long time, which sometimes we just need that. So that's good. Yeah. Now you told me before we started uh, rolling here that you also got to see a movie, which I don't know what one, but you said that you finally oh. got to see a movie. <laughs> right? Okay. So our, our episode today is about the Mamma Mia's and the last movie I went to see before today was Mamma Mia 2 back in August. So I have not been into a movie in a while. Today, I went to see Bad Times at the El Royale. Oh, how was that? I thought about seeing that the other day. You know what? I really enjoyed it. Yeah? I really enjoyed it. It fell apart a little bit at the end. Sure. It was just a little, it just got extended too long. But a big, two big reasons I liked it um, was Cynthia Rebo. Sure. And um, Chris Hemsworth. Interesting. He never ceases to entertain me. Okay. How is Jeff Bridges yeah. in it? He's great, per usual. Yeah. Um, John Hamm is great in it. Um, yeah, everything is really good. It has, um, it feels very familiar. Sure. Um, like many, like, bad motel movies, but definitely its own beast. I'm not quite sure what to say about it. I don't want to give anything away. Like, it's definitely something, if you're going to watch it, you shouldn't know anything about it before you see it. You know, I thought it was the the previews that I saw it. Um, you know, this is a movie review podcast, so I always I always feel kind of hard when I when I like am somewhat critical of something. But I'm gonna be honest, the trailer didn't do it for me. I don't really know why, but I saw the trailer a couple times and I was kind of turned off by it. Um, yeah, but, I don't remember the trailer. But then I heard that it was pretty good, and. Um, so I've it's I've I've been lately I've been going basically every Tuesday I've been going to see a movie it's kind of become my my thing to go during the oh, day on, nice. on Tuesdays and so that's been on the list for a while but there's just been other ones who've who've kind of nudged it out of the way and it's always that thing where I always think you know oh I'll go see that one next week and then next week it's gone and it's it's just started to around here anyways it's it's getting bumped so that the only shows are like 9 30 at night you know start time so yeah. it's kind of i should have seen it a while ago but you know there's a couple others that you know have kind of taken over that were just a little oh, bit yeah. more you know essential to me for whatever reason so um yeah and truth be told i think i would have been like you and um prioritize other movies over this one but for the fact that I have a really good friend here in New York and we um, we actually met each other in New Mexico when we lived in Albuquerque and we have been longtime movie buddies uh-huh. and there's just like a certain type of movie we like to go see together and that time Dale Royale fell in that category so yeah. we, were, we were excited to see it together and so we went to that well, and sometimes it's about like what is simple things too. Like for me, sometimes it's about the the movie that happens to start at the correct time. You know what I mean? Or like oh, within, yeah. within a 15 to half hour window there. So like the last one I think I saw two or, you know, a week or two ago was the Kevin Hart, Tiffany Haydish movie. Uh, I don't even know what it was uh-huh. called, but you know. I'm sure you yeah. saw the preview for it. I don't remember what it was called. I did. But, you know, like I went I to see either. that and 
that would have been fine on video. You know what I mean? That's not necessarily a movie you need to go see in the theater. It was funny. I actually really liked it. I liked it a lot. But, um, you know, Bad Times at the El Royale, I probably would have seen above that had it been playing at the right time. So it's sometimes (laughs) like that, too. But um, Uh, What else have you seen? Um, there were a few that I saw um, that were kind of notable. Again, I've actually been seeing somewhat consistently some movies, but the ones that I thought were kind of interesting enough to maybe mention were I saw Glenn Close's movie The Wife, which she's getting some yeah. pretty strong, you know, Oscar buzz for. Um, I like that one quite a bit. I think she's great in it. It's a really interesting role for her because it really, it's very anti Glenn Close casting you know what I mean this is a movie where there is no scenery chewing whatsoever there's no breakdown there's no you know it's familiar (laughs) there's familiar territory for Glenn Close you know because she plays a a wife who's who's been cheated on you know I mean that's kind of the conceit of the movie she stands by her her man who's up for a Nobel Prize Um, and uh, so but she handles it in basically the the complete opposite of fatal attraction you know i mean like it's 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 kind of a an interesting career bookend and i think that will be interesting when it comes to the oscar chances you know it's always about who else is up for it too um right but you know this is not a showy movie it's all about craft and all about sensitivity and we've talked about this many times on the podcast before that's not always the thing that actually gets you the prize, you know? So um, it'll be interesting to see if this is different. It also, the Oscars, I think, more than any other award show, are also about rewar- rewarding a career, though, too. And this could just be that. Oh, for sure. So um, I Has thought... Has she it, won before? No, and that's the thing, is she's she's oh, never won. She's, she's been... Nom- yeah, she's been nominated, I know six times I feel like and I think she's she's pretty much guaranteed to at least get the nomination so she's she falls into that category now of you know it's basically her and Amy Adams that have been nominated several times and not one at this point and Amy Adams is looking good in supporting um, for the for the Dick Cheney movie that um, oh yeah that what's his face is making I can never remember that guy's name the guy who did the big short uh, Adam McKay K or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So um, I saw. I didn't see the preview for that. I haven't seen it yet. No. Um, I don't know if they've put out a trailer yet, but. They, uh, I think they did. I saw it. Did they? Or oh, they you did, did see it. No, they did. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, Christian Bale, Sam Rockwell. Yeah. I yeah. Thought it's a good trailer. Cool. I, I was surprised. I mean, if you told, if you just said the words, yeah, Christian Bale playing Dick Cheney, I would have been like, oh my God. Right. <laughs> but, but, I mean, he looks, he looks phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would recommend The Wife. I'm sure it's not in theaters anymore, but go find it. Another one that I would really highly recommend, I loved it even more than I thought I would, and I really thought I was going to love it, was The Old Man and the Gun, Robert Redford's last, um, a, a, oh. allegedly last movie. Him and uh, Sissy Spacek, and I mean, it's just got one of those casts where you can tell, it like there are great actors in tiny bit parts, and you can tell they're like, oh, this is Robert Redford's last movie. Yeah, I'll do anything. Like, let me, yeah. you know, let me hold a sign in the background. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. 
at Tom Waits. I think I watched the trailer for that several months. It's so ago. good. I, I've yeah. I've talked before. I mean, I have a real uh, you know, it's it's hard with Glenn Close too. But I think Sissy Spacek and Glenn Close are tied for number two for me behind Meryl. You know, I love Sissy Spacek yeah. so much, and she's it's great to see her in this. And and Redford's really great. You know, I mean, he's always good, and he's kind of always the same you know but there's something comforting about that with him he's not one who's ever had amazing range but he's just reliably great yeah so um that and then i the other one that i would mention that i saw was first man um mostly because it's it's getting a lot of awards show stuff too um it was good i think i feel the same way about it that a lot of people felt which is like okay this is great but i don't know there's something that kind of uh feels missing stand out yeah there's something there's a little bit of heart and soul that seems to be not quite intact with it it's good it's very good Mm. but it's just kind of um not what i expected or hoped for ultimately i think um that's one that that again it kind of seemed like wow this is going to be incredible and it was it was very good i i wouldn't say i left disappointed but you know a couple days later i watched apollo 13 (laughs) You know, another oh, like yeah. another, you know, go to the moon movie, and I think Apollo thirteen's better. You know, it's just there's yeah. something about it that just kind of um, part of it for me is the Ryan Gosling thing. I probably have talked about my feelings about him. I feel like he's just a little bit too cool for school sometimes, and um, <laughs> he kind of skates by on his charm in a very kind of like George Clooney way. But uh, you, George Clooney. I actually think I've seen Ryan Gosling act, you know, Blue Valentine, uh, Half Nelson. He's he's certainly not somebody who's not capable of giving good performances. Right. But I think he just kind of sometimes in certain roles just kind of lets his charm do all the work. And uh, this is one where yeah. the character is kind of removed, too. So it kind of suits him in this role. But um, I don't know. It's. I, I think ultimately, like, we're just asked to care about somebody who's kind of cold and distant. And I, that's sometimes a hard thing to, to uh, do. It's a hard sell. Yeah, it can be. So, um, and yeah. there, are, there are reasons for it, um, which, you know, you find out within the first five minutes of the movie. You'll certainly find out more about, you know, Neil Armstrong than, than I was aware of, you know. And it's a really interesting, very sad story. Um, so. Interesting. Yeah. So, anyway. I did not know. Yeah. Well. One of my oh, favorite ahead. movies of all time is The Right Stuff. Oh, really? Interesting. Uh-huh. And I don't, I've gone back and revisited it so many times. And it's really, I mean, one, it's a classic. Yeah. But it's also quite long. Yeah. And, you know, full of white men. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and without much of a plot line. Right. Beyond hey, we're getting these white guys up into space. So, I mean, it shouldn't be one of my favorites, but it continues to be, partly from nostalgia. Sure. And also, it's just really well done. Yeah, yeah. But Ed Harris will be Neil Armstrong for me for eternity. Yeah. Well, you know, that what you just said, too, about the, the white men thing, actually, that's one of the things, too, is I had heard how good Claire Foy was as as mm-hmm. his wife. I love her. And she is very good, 
but it's kind of like, you know, she gets her three scenes to just act her ass off and then kind of does, oh, doesn't get much else. Bad. Yeah. It's a waste of Claire Foy. Yeah. I, I should, I, I want to kind of be clear. I actually, I don't feel like she's wasted in this movie. Like she does really, like she lands an impact, I think more really than anybody else does emotionally. So I don't, I don't really think she's wasted. I just think they could have done okay. more with her. She's not completely yeah. wasted. It's just, she was one of the stronger things in the movie. And, you know, I sometimes it, it goes that way. I mean, like, you know, we talk at length in this podcast about they need to be writing better roles for women. And I, you know, couldn't mm-hmm. couldn't more strongly agree with that. I think in this case, you know, when you're when you're writing Neil Armstrong's story, um, it's, it's gotta, I mean, it's got to be about Neil Armstrong. Yeah, and and certainly his family life is a is an enormous part of that. Again, more than I was aware of, actually. But um, you know, they made the decision to make it be Neil Armstrong's story, which you know, as he was the astronaut, uh, you know, who first walked on the moon, that probably is the more likely story to sell. Um, but I don't know. There's just something in that question of you know, was there something more on the page or is, is she just really knocking out what she had to do? And, and, you know, by the time they got somebody like Claire Foy attached, this was a script they were going with. And that's that. Yeah. You know? Oh, I have to say, speaking of roles for women, I saw a preview for Steve McQueen's widows today. Yeah. Oh, I am so excited. <laughs> I've been wanting to see I, a trailer for that because I've yeah. seen the poster for a long time and I haven't seen a trailer yet. It's out there. You can, I'm sure it's on YouTube. Oh, it looks so phenomenal. Um, it's, um, for those who haven't seen the trailer and know what I'm talking about, it's a new movie uh, by the director of 12 Years a Slave, and um, it's with Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez, um, Cynthia Revo, and Cynthia DeBicki. Yeah, Cynthia? it's it's got yeah. it's this movie has had buzz uh, on it since it wrapped. I mean, it's it's just Elizabeth DeBicki. There we go. Yeah, yeah. This movie has had a lot of oh, buzz. Okay. So um, it well, looks so so good. Speaking of trailers, as long as we're on this, have you watched the Mary Poppins Returns trailers as we transition into Meryl News here? No, can you believe that? So I saw the teaser trailer, and then I kept seeing on Facebook that there were clips from musical numbers, Uh and I've been so busy (laughs) with theater stuff that I have not watched, and shame on me. Heather, how are they? Um, I've only seen one. I don't know if there's more than one that's out. I, I mean, I saw the teaser a while ago, and then I I saw the kind of longer official trailer that I think everybody got so excited about. Um, you know, I again, this is a Meryl podcast, so I don't want to sound too Debbie Downer, but um, it's, this, you know, I'm just not quite as excited about Mary Poppins as everybody else is. I, it looks great. Uh, it looks lovely. It's just a movie that I'm going to have a hard time getting excited about. It's just not, you know, my thing. But I- for what it I'm is, it looks I'm excited because I'm a massive Mary Poppins fan. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with the cast they have, it's possible for them to do it justice if you're going to do it at all. Yeah. Whether or not they will is a completely other story. But there's so many times when they go to do um, this kind of a sequel or remake of a classic or so, and they just missed the mark on casting. I feel like they haven't on this one. So there's a chance 
there's a chance that it will be lovely and fun. Yeah. Um, and I, lo- I just love Emily Blunt. I yeah. love her. Every, everybody involved in this is at like, you know, top of the yeah. top of the poster pedigree. I mean, it's just an incredible. I love Ben Wishaw. I love him. I, everybody involved is, I mean, Angela Lansbury is in it. Dick Van Dyke is in it. That's huge. Dick Van Dyke yeah. being in it is huge, you know. Um, so yeah. it, it looks great. It, the, the reaction that I saw on social media was overwhelmingly positive. Like it's one of those trailers that seemed to be making everybody cry, which I think is a you know, good sign. Like you say, I think there's a chance that they've gotten this one right. Um, The early indications are very strong. So, um, you know, it, I'm sure I will love it. I'm sure I will, I will be swept up. It's just, it's not the kind of thing that I'm initially taken by. So, um, you know, for, for whatever it's worth. Um, There is, okay. So we have been talking as we kind of segue here fully into Merrill news. So last, time we did an episode it had just been announced that Meryl was um appearing in the little women movie which is actually filming right now in boston uh possibly (laughs) this moment actually um there have been a few changes since we talked i think i might have texted you one of them um that emma stone has dropped out and emma watson has replaced her did you know that did i tell you that or did you know that that independently I feel like you texted me. I knew Emma. I knew Emma Stone had dropped out. I did not remember that it was Emma Watson replacing her. Yes. And then who are the other? Do we know who else is in it? Yes. Well, um, there have been a few very interesting additions. Laura Dern okay. is is the big one. Who? Oh. So and in fact, I I feel like I might be breaking this to you. Meryl is not playing Marmy. Laura Dern is. No. Oh, well, that excites me, actually. Yeah. Meryl is playing Aunt March. Really? Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Meryl Streep actually is too old to play Marmy. It's just such a strange thing. <laughs> <laughs> now that you tell me, I'm like, what? How could she not be Marmy? Well, actually, it's crazy. Yeah. So it's Laura Dern, which might bode well for her finally getting an Academy Award. And, you know, maybe Meryl Streep will... I, I don't really know Little Women well enough to know how big a role Aunt March is, whether or not that's, you know, a big enough that... It depends on how they write it. Sure. But no, it's probably not Oscar bait for Meryl. Okay. So um, I'll run down the cast. We still have Timothy Chalamet, who's playing Laurie, Florence Pugh, yes. uh, who's playing Amy, Emma Watson is playing Meg, Saoirse Ronan is playing Joe. Uh, Laura Dern is Marmy. So in addition to Laura Dern, uh, kind of the big additions were uh, Chris Cooper is in it. Um, he's not specified who he is playing, at least on IMDb. But that's, I think, his third movie with Merrill after adaptation in August Osage County. Um, assuming he has some scenes with her. Bob Odenkirk is in it. So he's in another oh. movie right after The Post with Merrill. Um, James Norton, who... I don't know that I know who that oh, is. Oh, I love James Norton. He looks James like a Norton BBC a guy. Yeah. He is. <laughs> he's, um, he's a British actor. He's been doing the last couple seasons of um, a show called Grantchester. Yep, I'm looking at his IMDb. Uh, but he, he also has done a show called McMafia, which right. is pretty good. Yeah, I'm seeing that. And, um, and then he's been around for a while. He was in... Um, um, he was in a film called Bell. 
Okay. Uh, I think it's called Bell. Looks like he Bell. did a he did a War and Peace. Um, yes, with Lily James. Okay, there's another connection. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, was, that was decent. Yeah, he's got he's got some interesting. He I just saw something that he was in that I had seen. Oh, he was in the new the remake of Flatliners. <laughs> so I guess I have seen him in yeah. something. <laughs> um, I recommend his I recommend his UK work, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's actually just a really lovely actor. Well, that's really good. lovely. So I'm yeah. not I'm not sure who he is in this too. So anyway, they're they're filming that movie right. I bet you he's the tutor. Oh, okay. I bet he's Mr. Brooks. Sure. Um, so they're filming that one in Boston right now. They've been filming, it looks like, for a couple of weeks. So, again, if Meryl has kind of a smaller role, she may be done or she maybe hasn't been there yet, but um, that's part of it. Also filming is her movie The Laundromat, which we talked about, I think, right around the last Oscars time, the one with Steven Soderbergh. This one came up kind of quickly. Uh, this is the one that she was in. The initial cast announced was her, Gary Oldman, and Antonio Banderas. And at the time, we were kind of bemoaning the fact that, uh, you know, it was going to be her and Gary Oldman after the allegations against him. Um, but anyway, yeah. that one is currently filming as well. Uh, David Schwimmer has joined the cast. Uh, James Cromwell, Melissa Rauch. Uh, there was, oh, Jeffrey Wright, who is in um, oh. who is a Manchurian candidate with Meryl. Chris Parnell, Will Forte. Um, there are a couple other kind of interesting folks in this, so it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that one too. Um, I don't know between that and Big Little Lies, which is from the sounds of it wrapped up filming. Yeah. You know, she might be having an interesting 2019. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. So uh, per, per usual. Yeah. So um, I feel like there was another thing I was going to talk about with Meryl. I can't remember what it was, though. Um, I don't know. Have you heard anything else? Anything else we need to get to in terms of Meryl news? I haven't. I have not heard a peep of Meryl news. Okay. Well, that's all right. Then it can't be anything too important that we haven't um, <laughs> already thought of. Um, let's see. Okay. I'm looking real quick here, and it says... She and Timothy Chalamet were filming scenes in Boston on Wednesday. So, anyway, okay. There's nothing nice. significant. It looks like that uh, that we've missed. I actually think Emma Emma Watson is a better fit for the character of Meg. She is my Hollywood crush. She's uh, she's uh, yeah. I'm a big fan. Yeah, um, I I think you know it's it's hard when you're in a giant thing like Harry Potter. I mean, it's as they've all experienced to step out of like an absolutely iconic role and find something else. It's almost impossible to do that. And I think some of the stuff that she's chosen to do, um, has been interesting. I think some of it has been kind of overlooked unfairly too, but, um, and you know, she's doing some incredible humanitarian work and she's doing some incredible goodwill ambassador work. I mean, she really is somebody who seems to have all the, I mean, like maturity and, and I like, she just seems like somebody who's really got it together. She's somebody to be admired for sure. So, um, yeah, I want to be her friend. (laughs) <laughs> it's interesting too that Emma Stone dropped out of this and, and she replaced her because Emma Watson was originally attached to La La Land and there were oh, yeah. there were quite a lot of rumors. I'm 
guessing unfounded, you know how these things go, that when it turned out to be the massive hit that it was and then Emma Stone won the Oscar, that she was very upset about it. So it's kind of interesting that then she turned around and replaced Emma Stone in something else. But yeah, <laughs> that's the way Hollywood works. Like I said, I, I, it's not to perpetuate rumors. I'm sure they're all lovely people. It's just the way these things go. But yeah. Um, all right. Are we ready to talk about these movies? Let's do it. All right, which one do you want to start with, original or, or uh, newbie? Let's start with the new one. Okay. Um, so we're going to start with the newest, Ma- Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. This will be probably easier and faster to talk about because Meryl's in yeah. one scene of this movie. Right. <laughs> okay, so. This movie is just trippy as hell. Initial reactions, yeah, go for it. What did you think? <laughs> you know, as a, you know, as a, a note or a caveat or whatnot. When I saw this in August, I was wrapping up my entire life and a little bit stressed. So when I sat down to watch Mamma Mia 2, I'm not sure what I was expecting. I was expecting, you know, ABBA fun. Yeah. It was out there, man. Yeah. I mean, they leaned into the camp big time. They did. Um, which was, it, it worked. It yeah, was I think charming. so too. Um, but I spent the whole movie going, what am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed myself. For yeah. sure. What do you think? Um, okay, we've we've talked at length on this podcast. I'm guessing people are kind of annoyed with me saying this at, at this point, but, you know, I was on record that Mamma Mia was maybe not my favorite Meryl movie, and of all the movies for her to right. make a sequel to, I wasn't sure I wanted this to be the one. Um, and I did not go see it opening day, uh, and in fact, I thought about going to see it opening day. I don't think I could. I had something else going on, but... Um, yeah. I remember the day it came out, I read a couple reviews and I texted you and I said, something is happening. I said, I just read four reviews and they're all really positive and they all say essentially the same thing, which is, I didn't expect this movie to be anything and it was really fun. It was, it was exactly the kind of summer programming that, like, there's one or two movies every summer that, that kind of checks this box. And this is it. And when I went to see it, when I walked out, I was in a very, very crowded movie theater. You know, it was the middle of the day, whatever day of the week, and it was really full. And everybody was having a really good time. There was lots of laughing. There was applause at the end. The people behind me, you know, said, oh, we have to go see that again with, you know, and mentioned some family member of theirs. I think it was that kind of movie where everybody was just kind of swept up in the fun, which I think was also kind of the joy of the first movie. Um, You know, I think it is one of those movies and, and musicals I think can get away with this more successfully sometimes in other genres where uh, you can just kind of check out of the realism and go, we're here to have fun. Like they're singing songs in Greece. Like that's what we're here to do. (laughs) And it was kind of contagious joy, I have to say. I, I actually liked it way more than I thought I would. Way more than I thought yeah. I would. You know, I had fun. And there were, there were, like, there were aspects of it that were just so, so funny. Um, I mean, I'm a little on the fence because um, I didn't love it as much as the critics loved it. Sure. 
yes, they leaned into the camp and totally cool with that. I love me some camp. But I don't, I don't, um, I can't get on board when you sacrifice story. So they didn't have a strong story. So they threw together this plot that was so bad that they just leaned into the bad to make it work. Did you think it worked? No, I didn't. In fact, I felt like they were just kind of remaking the first movie. I I didn't really see much of a point in in the story. Right. And, like, they were trying to get all of the old characters back, and so trying to, like, force characters into the plot line. Right. (laughs) Like, like Dominic Cooper, he he didn't really need to be there. Right. Um, um, But they were like, well, we have this Abba song, and it's about you know, a struggling relationship, so let's just, uh, let's just put that one right here. Right. Um, so, I, I almost, I mean, I get that part of the draw is having the original cast. Yep. Um, but what do you do if you don't have Meryl Streep, which they obviously didn't. They right. had her for, like, a scene. And so they created this construct where you go back in time. I felt like they could have just gone back in time and made a completely separate Mamma Mia movie that would have been just as enjoyable and not bring everybody back. Yeah. I don't know if that's sacrilegious yeah. of me to say. No, I'm, I'm with Lily you. Lily James was so strong. She was so fun to watch. She was great. She was really, really good. And and see, that's the thing is, I, it felt kind of like the Julia and Julia thing where one of the storylines was really significantly yeah. better than the other. And it's through no fault of the actors in the later one. It's just that everybody was so sad. I mean, it, the conceit is that they're sad. You know, they're, it's the opening of, you know, this hotel that, that Meryl's character would have been, you know, so excited to to open, and yet she's dead. You know, that's not really a spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> um, no. But... So everybody's just kind of like mopey in that storyline and, and sad. And I don't know. There are a few moments where it kind of like, you know, you shake off the dust. But I don't know. That that contrasted with her earlier story was kind of... Okay. And actually, speaking of the sad thing, I have to say, I am, I'm very honest about the fact that I tend not to be the most keen observer of things. I, I tend to be oblivious, basically, when it comes to mm-hmm. movies. I'm that guy who, like, something happens and I and it, everybody else in the theater goes, oh, God, that was so obvious, and I had no idea. However, <laughs> this movie had one thing going that I called immediately, which is about five seconds into Andy Garcia's sad sack thing, I thought, okay, he's Fernando. He's Fernando. <laughs> It's the only time, and I don't even know that song, Meryl. I'm telling you, like, I it's that's hilarious. It it was so obvious to me. For some reason, I was like, oh, he's hooking up with Cher later in this movie. He's Fernando, <laughs> <laughs> and I I mean that's I never get to predict things like that. But that that moment, I just knew there was something about his like, I'm so sad thing that I I just felt it, and I don't know what that was, but <laughs> that's amazing. So I don't know. I mean, it's hard to. I can see, you know, if I'm if I'm the producers or the writers or whatever, and you have somebody like Christine Baranski at your disposal. Uh huh. You know, you don't want to not use them because they don't fit into the plot. Right. Um, that's tough. Like you want to use Christine Baranski. She's a rock star. And Julie Walters, too. I mean, they're amazing. Oh, Julie Walters is actually my own personal hero, and I want to be just like her when I grow up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like you, and 
and you know the men too. You just you want to use them. So I I can definitely see. I can see why they did it. It was just impossible because they were tied down into an old plot line. Right. In a way that they couldn't weave it into a new one with any kind of grace. Right. Yeah. So. It did seem like a movie that. Uh, Here's what it got right from my from my point of view. It you they made a movie about with ABBA music and they made really contagious, really fun sequences. And they mm-hmm. had pretty uniformly top to bottom really endearing, really uh interesting people to watch. I I mean really, yeah. like everybody involved here is really fun to watch. They've mm-hmm. they've got everybody down, you know. Um Meryl's scene, which obviously we will get to, is yes. absolutely incredible. I she incredible. she sounds so good. I cannot believe how good she sounds. I she is how has she never made a CD? How has she never made music? She is so good. And I mean, I'm not. Seriously, I'm not just talking as like a big Meryl Streep fan. I think I think anybody who watched this would just go, I mean, what she did in that no. yeah. four minute scene was unreal. She murdered me. I know. <laughs> so Lily James, for, for people who haven't seen it, Lily James plays Meryl Streep younger in, in flashbacks. And there's this scene that sort of weaves the two time periods together with this really beautiful song. Lily James has a beautiful voice, and, and she starts singing that song, and the man who sits for has a beautiful voice, too. It's all so beautiful and just lovely on the ears, and then Meryl Streep starts singing, and you cannot help but weep. It is so good. Yeah. She's... I mean, I was weeping in the movie theater, and of course I went to see it with my mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like crying buckets in the movie theater. Yeah. It's, it's so good. She's she's incredible. And it just I guess that's that's the thing maybe though is, you know, she she was so good. And like you say, it's not that it's not that anybody else in the cast was letting anything down. It's just that when you know no. when she can walk in and do that in four minutes and you're like, wait a second, we could have had that the whole movie. You know, it feels Yeah. There is there is a, an element of something missed there but i i also just you know to to finish my point about how good she's sounding i i really think when when the first one came out and then she did into the woods and uh-huh. I, there was there was something else around the same time i i can't remember what it was but i feel like there was this thing of oh you know meryl streep is always singing in her movies now there was this kind of thing of i don't know there was kind of some negativity about that um yeah and I I'm sorry that has to stop now. I like she's she should just always be singing because she is so good. Oh yeah. oh yeah, she's incredible. Well, she sings with so much feeling. Yeah, that is it. She's a, yeah. she's an actress who sings, not a singer who acts. She's yeah. And I think I think it is tough. You get to that scene and you see her, and she just fills this void, and she makes you so emotional in such a short period of time at the end of the field. And, a film and you do feel like something's been lost or missed. Yeah. And you do feel like you've been cheated out of because really Mamma Mia exists 
exists because of the Donna character. Yeah, oh yeah. And yes, there's a storyline that the daughter's getting married and all of this is happening. It's about her growing up. But it really is Donna's story. And if you make a Mamma Mia 2, how do you make a story about Donna when you don't have your Donna? Okay, so let's do a flashback and make Lily Jane younger Donna. But it's still missing your original Donna. Like, there's no way around it. Right. Lily James is astounding. Yeah. I love her. You know, she, you, you know who she reminds me of in terms of the level of commitment? I mean, I feel like that woman, like, hauled this movie up by its bootstraps and carried it into success. She was so committed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she reminds me of Hugh Jackman in that way. He's like that. He will take material that is mediocre or just average, and he puts 150% into it and elevates it, no matter what he's doing. Yeah, she was great. And she's got that going on. Yeah, she was great. She's definitely got that going on. Um, I have not... I don't know anything about the soundtrack album except that I'm, I'm reading a thing here saying that she actually recorded uh, another ABBA song called The Day Before You Came, which is not in the movie, oh. but they recorded it, I guess, because it was um, the Benny Anderson and Richard Curtis. It's one of their favorite ABBA songs, and she want, and Meryl, I guess, wanted to sing it, but they just couldn't tie it into the movie, but I guess they just recorded it anyway, which is kind of fun. Oh, so. Cool. If you get the soundtrack, there's another mural uh, song, apparently, that you can get. I don't remember it being on there. I listened to it because I love I love Lily James' version of Andante, Andante. It's really beautiful. Oh, okay. And then um, the song that Meryl Streep sings uh, towards the end with Lily James and Amanda Siegfried. And um, there's one other. There's three just really beautiful songs on that soundtrack that I listen to on repeat. Interesting. Maybe it's, you know, a lot of times now, especially with CD sales being so far down, a lot of times they'll do like a deluxe version or an expanded version. So maybe yeah. it's one of those things. They just tacked it on or something. Um, how did you feel about Cher's cameo? Oh, gosh, she is just amazing. <laughs> she was so fun. I kind of wish they hadn't made it such a thing in the trailer. I, I, I feel like... Yeah. I feel like by doing that, it also helped ticket sales and like get people excited about the movie. So I don't really blame them for doing that. But um, I don't know. We we knew it was coming, so it was mostly a matter of of when, you know. So I don't know. There was something yeah. about it. But one of the things that I thought was was kind of interesting was she was originally offered in for the movie. She was offered the Christine Baranski role. And turned it down. For the original movie. For the original one, yes. And she turned wow. it down. I can see why Cher would turn that role down. The character who plays, or the actor who plays Harry Younger, uh, Colin Firth's character Younger, there's a scene in a restaurant, where basically, basically their time together, where they put him in this like, tiny, tiny little leather jacket that looks like a child jacket. It's so small. I don't remember. where it actually distracted me. That's... I, I don't remember that, but I totally believe you. See, you, you notice things like that. That is so not something that I noticed. You could have, yeah, I, I believe you. I'll yeah, watch for it next what time. What are see. you wearing? <laughs> and there were more moments like that in the movie where, I mean, they they really had fun with the costuming, but in some instances, you're like, well, what is happening right now? Yeah. Well, this movie did really, I think, 
even better than they were expecting it to. You know what I mean? Like the first one was yeah. such a gigantic hit that they knew it wasn't going to have those kinds of numbers, but it still made almost 400, right. $400 million. It was, you know, 392 million, something like that, um, off a budget of $70 million. So I think the question has already been asked, you know, will there be a Mamma Mia 3? And to tell you the truth, I would not be surprised. <laughs> I would not either. Um, I actually, when I was doing some research for this, I I looked and Lily James said she wanted Lady Gaga to be involved in part three. So, you know. Oh, nice. I guess that's that's the next thing. I mean, you know, the first one they filmed in in Greece. This one they filmed in Croatia, I guess, and not not in Greece. Um, Oh, okay. But, you know, with this many amazing people involved, it just seems like a lot of fun. I don't know. People are obviously happy to go see it. It's good counter-programming for all the summer, you know, blockbusters. So, I don't know. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. But I would I would say this one really surprised me. I was, I was way more into it than I thought I would be. So, <laughs> you know, what can you do? It's... Yeah. It's rated pretty highly on IMDb. It's 7 out of 10. It's an even 7 out of 10, which is a lot higher than a lot of Meryl Streep's other, you know, some of her other movies. Um, Yeah. You know, The Post is 7.2. So, you know, this movie is a 7. This is higher than Florence Foster Jenkins. It's higher than, you know, a lot of the other ones lately. Ricky and the Flash for sure. So, um, I don't know. It's... Well, and there is something to be said for that... Um, uh, just that kind of the the joyful innocence with which this was like created and delivered, you know, uh-huh. that sort of spirit. Um, I think it's really striking a chord with people right now because it's just tough times. Right. And it's nice to just go and just escape into some joy. Right. So this movie came on uh, ten years. To the, to the month after the original, which is quite a long time between sequels, but... Um, yeah. Anyway, do you want to move on to the next one, or do you want to... Yeah. Do you have anything else no, to say about the sequel? No, the first one. All right. Um, all right, so the, the first one, Mamma Mia! Original Recipe, came out in 2008, mm-hmm. was a <laughs> massive, massive hit. I mean, like... I think close to a billion dollars in, in worldwide box office. This is wow. that um, kind of insane. Nobody saw this movie being this huge at all. And, um, you know, this was, was this kind of, I'm going to look back. I think this was the run of the beginning of her really incredible summer run. Cause she had, well, no devil wears Prada was two years before this. I think maybe that was the true beginning of it, but you know, she kind yeah. of, and then the year after that was Julie and Julia. Um, then it's complicated. You know, like she kind of had this summer thing going for a while where there was a good counter-programming yeah. Meryl Streep movie. Well, what what what, yeah. is, what are your thoughts on the original Mamma Mia? I loved it when it came out. Um, I have, it's been a staple with my mom. She loved it. And so, um, you know, I've listened to, I've listened to the soundtrack to it consistently over the last 10 years since it came out. Um, have seen it numerous times. I think because it's based on the stage play, it's stronger story-wise than the second one, obviously. Yeah. It's, but it also has that joyfulness to it. It was just fun. Yeah. It was so fun. 
and um, everybody in it was wonderful. And it's so, it's so funny though. One of my favorite movies of all time is Easy Virtue with Colin Firth and Kristen Scott Thomas. Oh, sure. And it's so funny because he, um, a lot of the actors did singing for the soundtrack for Easy Virtue, and he actually refused to sing because the critics gave him such a hard time on Mamma Mia that he was just like, I'm never singing again, which is why I was really surprised that he signed up for Mamma Mia, too. Sure, although... And he did, so I, I thought that was interesting. I thought he was pretty good in the second one. I thought he was great. Yeah. I mean, of the three men in that movie, he was definitely the strongest. Yeah. Between Pierce Brosnan and Stellan Skarsgård and himself, he was definitely the strongest singer. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it was interesting, too, because I, I obviously for this, although it's been a, a month at least um, since I rewatched the original... And, you know, that was the big thing that everybody was talking about was how bad Pierce Brosnan was. That was what I heard more than Colin Firth was how bad Pierce Brosnan was. Um, yeah. Can I be honest? I, I guess it's because, you know, I'm a singer-songwriter, so I listen to people like Bob Dylan and Tom Waits who don't, like, have traditionally great voices. But I actually don't uh-huh. mind Pierce Brosnan's voice at all. I no, find I it. Either. I find it interesting. I, I mean... I see what people are saying in that it's not traditionally like Broadway singer good, but I don't think it's a bad voice at all. No, I don't either. I think the only thing I care about is that you can stay on key. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly because it's just so, if, if you are musically inclined, somebody is not quite on key. It's just really painful. Yeah. It's an actually like a physically painful experience. Um, but I thought he was, I mean, I thought he was great. For a non-singer, and Paul Skarsgård is actually not that bad either. No, yeah, and he's able to carry his. I I don't know. There's something about his kind of like his character is a little bit more wild and kind of like free spirited, so he can kind of yeah. you know just kind of have fun with his stuff. Um, yeah, but For sure. yeah, I don't know. I Mamma Mia is an is an interesting one because it just kind of it it. It has so much fun. It has Meryl singing. So, you know, there's so much to be loved there. It's not really a deep role, um, but it's, you know, it's fun. I don't know. It's it's yeah. it's everything that people, you know, talk about. It's it, She's luminous when she's having a good time. She's And it's good to see her um, having fun for obvious reasons. I mean, you know, there there are so many facets of her talents and her abilities and and being able to kind of showcase such a broad range of of abilities is one of the reasons that everybody loves her you know and she's just she's great in this she's great in everything she's ever done so it's not really a surprise that she would be great in this but i think it was a surprise to a lot of people who who are more casual fans of hers you know who weren't aware of of how good a singer she right. is and how much fun she can be and how funny she can be and how physical she can be. You know, I mean, it's, it, it's just, again, the kind of the broad strokes of a remarkable talent. Yeah. I think, you know, it's interesting when you're a fan of someone in a particular, and you see them in a particular light, it feels deeply personal when they branch out from that. Um, like in a scary way, almost. Sure. Um, and then, and then you have to remember that like, people like Meryl Streep, I mean, that's their job. Right. And um, I, I don't know, I think it throws fans off quite a bit a lot of the time. 
she's so great. She could do anything. I would really like to see her in a horror movie. Interesting. Interesting. Well, you know, especially with Halloween doing as well. I mean, a good one, obviously. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the new Halloween that has come out with Jamie Lee Curtis, she, you know, yeah. put out this thing. I don't know if you saw it. I only noticed it because it was in Entertainment Weekly. They made kind of a thing out of this that she she sent out a tweet not long ago, Jamie Lee Curtis I'm talking about, who said, you know, she put up all these statistics of, you know, it was one of the highest, if maybe the highest grossing opening of her career, you know, highest grossing horror movie starring a woman, highest grossing, you know, lead over 55, you know, all these kind of remarkable achievements and, and uh, you know, what kind of audience was still there for the movie. And, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis was in it. You know, I don't know that that movie would yeah. be getting the kind of attention it's been getting. It brought a lot of people back who maybe would have skipped it because they wanted to see her in it again. And um, so there is a market for these things. I did we talk about uh, I, I think we did because I saw it, the hereditary movie that uh, Tony Collette is in I, think. I can't remember I think you had told me you had seen it I did see it yeah and it's it's another one that you know it's a horror movie so who knows how the Oscars will feel about it but it's it's for sure an awards level performance from Tony Collette for me the movie was just so crazy and so insane that it's it's hard to know what to make of the movie, but you know you're seeing something amazing in a performance. Right. So it's kind of, yeah, I'm with you. I would love to see Marilyn in, in a horror movie because we haven't yet, so why not? Oh. I feel like she'd be game. I think so, if it were the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. We host a podcast about Meryl Streep, so obviously like one of the things that we love is how, you know, how diverse she is and I think I think that's one of the things that kind of people in general love about Meryl Streep is you know she can play Sophie from Sophie's Choice and she can play Donna from Mamma Mia and she's believable every step of the way I mean like she can yeah. run the entire space yep. of of humanity and there's really nothing out of her reach I don't know. There was no. something uh, something that I was thinking about lately. I was listening to um, Sally Field's autobiography, which uh, I, I, I can't even tell you kind of how harrowing that biography is. She She's so honest really? about some real, real ske- sketchy sexual assault that she went through as a kid. I mean, it was just... Un- oh unbelievable like what she went through but anyway the reason I'm talking about that is because she talks later in the book about Lincoln and making that movie Lincoln with Steven Spielberg and Daniel Day-Lewis and I feel like I I, maybe you can remind me but Daniel Day-Lewis I think when he won his Oscar said something or maybe it wasn't the Oscars maybe it was something else about he wanted to see Meryl Streep play Lincoln and you know he wanted to play Margaret Thatcher or something like that you know and um I've been thinking about that a lot lately. You know, she she yeah. played she played a man in Angels in America. She played a male rabbi in that movie. But okay. I, you know, I personally would love to see her play like some historical role. I don't know what would be an appropriate one, and it's not really for me to decide what the inappropriate one would be. But I don't know. Like, I really think there is nothing out of her range. Um, I think I think it's, it's going to be an interesting, I don't want to call it a trend, because I, I would like it to be a permanent change, but I think with our expanding, our expanding 
knowledge and ideas around gender and gender fluidity, that that is very slowly um, finding its way into our entertainment, which is so exciting. Yeah. Um, because I, I mean, we're obviously not just men and women. <laughs> it's not that sort of clear binary cut. And I, I do think that um, there are so many possibilities out there for actors. Um, and up to now, we've been limiting it. Yeah. Uh, unnecessarily. And I, you know, I, I, I speak as someone who went to an all-girls high school and spent four years playing men. It's so much fun. And, and I mean, yes, a cast of all women can put on an amazing production of something like Fiddler on the Roof. It is possible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And so I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited about those changes. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, yeah. So with Mamma Mia, before we wrap up, I, I want to mention, we always like to mention the awards stuff. It was not nominated for any yeah. Oscars, but it, it did get nominated for a couple of Golden Globes, including Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy, which it lost to Vicky Cristina Barcelona. That's a Woody Allen one, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that one stings a little bit, but I don't <laughs> I don't remember that particular one. Um Meryl was nominated for her performance as well for Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy, which Sally Hawkins won for Happy Go Lucky. I don't remember that happening, but Sally Hawkins managed to take down Meryl Streep, Emma Thompson, Frances McDormand, and Rebecca Hall, which must have felt really, really good. Um, Meryl was nominated that same evening, that same year, uh, for Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture Drama for Doubt that same year, which she lost to okay. Kate, Kate Winslet for Revolutionary Road. That was that was the night Kate Winslet won two. She won Best Supporting Actress for The Reader oh, yeah. and Best Actress in a, in a Drama for Revolutionary Road. So that was, that was kind of like one of those years that, you know, the New York Times may as well have put on their front page, this is Kate Winslet's year, nobody else bother. Like it was... She was going to yeah. win, so, um, you know, and well-deserved. I think she's great, so. Any final thoughts on Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia 2? Which which one do you think gets the edge as the overall better movie? Well, I think the overall better movie is definitely the first one, no doubt. But I do think there are aspects of the second movie that are better done. Yeah. There are some musical numbers. I think it's a ma- I think it's... Um, I think it's the result of time, better technology, better, better. I, I don't know if it's filming techniques. Um, there's just there are some there are some musical numbers in the second one that are brighter and crisper. And a lot of it has to do with budget too. Um, they clearly have more at their disposal, and it they, it just reads sharper. Yeah, it's cleaner. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you. To me, the most memorable moment or scene or you know musical selection from either of the movies is Meryl's one number in the second one so there's something about yeah. that that it feels like yes the first one is a better movie especially since we get so much more Meryl but I'm telling you in terms of impact I can't remember the last time somebody took five minutes and had more of an impact than she did in that one song That's it was so just unreal and it really was about 
And the first one was two, but because the three dads came, it didn't quite read quite as much. I feel like the second movie really was about mother-daughters and female relationships, and um, that was stronger in the second one, I think. Yeah, and that's part of why that movie, or that scene was so... um, lovely was there there was a lot of build up to it you know it really yeah um yeah and the the audience that i you know was at the show that i was at was it looked like a lot of mothers and daughters i think it was that movie that you know mothers and daughters went to together and you know oh, yeah. there there needed to there need to be movies like that so um so 10 years ago when the first mamma mia came out um my sister my sister was getting married in August. Oh, wow. And we went to see it in the movie theater. And it obviously resonated because, you know, Amanda Seyfried in the first one is getting married and and uh, Meryl Streep's character is having to sort of let her go. And then um, my, my mom and my sister and I went to see the second one in the movie theater together, too, in August. And, of course, I'm moving away. And these sort of big life events seem to happen around Mamma Mia. So when the next Mamma Mia comes out, I'm assuming there will be some other major life event on the horizon. Somebody will be having a child, yes. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, ah! Well, you know, these are these are movies that are uh, worth seeing. They're, you know, they are not things yeah. to be kind of buried in Meryl's filmography. Oh, that's what I didn't think to do today i knew i was forgetting something i knew you know we've been out of practice here the ranking thing i don't have my ranking lists in front of me so i don't have mine i actually have to go back to our episodes and find my ranking because my my written ranking did not make it to new york ah okay well sorry folks we will do that next time which hopefully will make the next episode even more enjoyable because we'll be ranking three movies instead of just one (laughs) um right but yes, I did. I knew that I was forgetting something. We're out of practice here. It's been a while, so. I know, right? Um, so next time we are going to we're going to come back and we're going to do all our segments with the uh, six degrees and um, the movies we wish Meryl was in. I did have a thought actually on that particular yeah. one, mostly because of what you just said about uh, you want Meryl Streep to be in a horror movie, and it reminded me that last time what I said was again not because I don't love Kathy Bates and not because it isn't an iconic performance, but it would be fun to see her in something like Misery. Um, oh yeah similar territory for me you know it's not a knock on Sigourney Weaver in any way who I think is incredible but you know there are a couple movies in Sigourney Weaver's you know filmography that it would have been interesting to see Meryl in Alien is of course one that comes to mind because she never really has done much sci-fi either um but she she was in a smaller movie that not a lot of people saw called uh, a map of the world that was really really something and that's a that's more of a a role that's kind of in Meryl's wheelhouse but um it's a it's a movie that she and Julianne Moore did uh Sigourney Weaver and it's maybe the best Sigourney Weaver has ever been um from my perspective on screen it's it's a torturous role um it's you know it is Without giving much away, it is another movie about a child dying. So, you know, it's not an easy watch, but um, it's really an incredible performance and kind of an incredible movie. So um, that's what I'm going to go with for for my choice here. Just kind of off the top of my head, but... 
Um, so anyway, we'll come back and we'll do our all of our segments next time. Um, are we going to do Silkwood next time, Meryl? Is that still the plan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So next time we're back, which hopefully will not be six months from now, <laughs> we will it be... It will not be. I promise. <laughs> we will be doing Silkwood, which I have watched once, but I'm thrilled to you know get the chance to, to watch it again. I mean, I've watched it once within the last couple of months because I wasn't sure if we were going to be talking about Silkwood or, or Mamma Mia, so I watched it um, knowing that I might have yeah. to might have to watch it again and uh, knew, knowing that I'd be fine with that. So... Uh, I'm I'm excited I'm about excited. that one. I've never seen it. I know. I'm so excited for you to experience it, and um, I'm glad we got to do Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia too. Me too. Yeah. Finally. So thanks everybody. Continue to rate, review, and subscribe. Let us know what you think. You can email us at MerrillStreetPodcast at gmail dot com, and uh, we're gonna be back sooner next time. We promise. Bye everyone. See ya. That's all.